What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 487th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ. With me is Will. Hot take to get off the bat. <laughs> I really appreciate that last week when I was not on the program and you guys were like, oh, he's on assignment in Texas. Well, geez, if the assignment was drinking beer and eating sausage, <laughs> mission accomplished. Because that's pretty much all I did in Texas. Drink beer and eat sausage. We didn't say what the assignment was. But that now was they up know. to you. Now they know. I, I got to go to Worst Fest and eat all the worsts. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Craig here. Hello, I'm here. I, I have officially changed to the full winter jacket. Light jacket season is done. Clearly. Heavy jacket season is here. No matter that it could get up to 60 or 70 next week, it's too late. Swapped out the jackets. Well, we just got back from Safari Zone and we arrived to snow, so that was yeah. something. And so, jackets have been switched. Also, every, every, every winter, I remember, oh, that's right, I've shoved my gloves into my heavy jacket pocket, which is why I can never find them, because they're in that heavy jacket, and then I forget that they're there. And I take out the heavy jacket and I go, there's, that, there's my gloves. What we really need to do at some point, because this is truly uh, hashtag Minnesota things, <laughs> is discuss, uh, I believe they're called chaps, no place else in the world uses those. I have a pair, they're still in the packaging, because I'm like, I am way too East Coast to wear leather oven warmer or oven mitts <laughs> out in the snow. Okay, well, we can talk about the cold and being outside a little bit later this podcast. Uh, Greg, Will, and I did go to the Safari Zone in person in St. Louis, Missouri. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But we're going to start off with some the news that everyone wants. The diamond and pearl stuff. We're going to start off with that. Okay, so this is part of it. There's a lot. Is there? I I don't know. It's kind of not a lot when you break it down, but... There was a there was a new trailer. I still can't say this this word. Introducing Ramanas Park. How do you say it? Ramanas. Ramanas. Ramanas Park. Is it R A all A's? R A M A N A, like banana. Ramana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so like Ramona, except you changed that middle O to an A. Ramana. Yeah. So Ramana Ramana's Park in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl. So this park replaced the Pal Park, which would let you take Pokemon from what Gen three and then suck them yeah. in. Yeah. That's that's what they finally did with Pal Park. So now we know that. But what does that mean? The Pokemon Company International and Nintendo reveal new details about how to encounter legendary and mythical Pokemon in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, available on November 19th, that's this week, exclusively on the Nintendo Switch. New to Pokemon Diamond, I'm just going to say Diamond and Pearl, uh, <laughs> new to Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, Ramana's Park is a facility that players can visit after entering the Hall of Fame. You have to beat the game. There are caves dotted throughout the park, and the chamber inside them are filled with a mysterious atmosphere. Trainers can view a new video. That was the one-minute trailer. So there is something called Slates, and there are the key to encountering legendary Pokemon. Inside the rooms of Romanus Park are pedestals, and it's said that that if a player inserts a slate into the corresponding pedestal, a legendary Pokemon will appear. It is unclear exactly how these slates can be obtained, so players will have to do some research while exploring the Sinnoh region. You mean like the Arceus plates? 
that we've had for years and years and years. So I don't, I don't know if you like slowed down the trailer, Will, or saw, but these the little plates look like little Game Boy cartridges. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the artwork; it's very, very cute. But yeah, they only show it for like a hot second. This is them. Okay, so this is what this is. Let's back up for a second. This mm-hmm. is them saying this is post game. Yeah, like with when we were one or two weeks out from Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. They were like, look at these master trainer battles. You can 1v1 and earn yep. a title. Yeah. And we're like, oh, that seems cool on paper. And then in execution, it was like, wow, this <laughs> protect, toxic, protect, protect, protect. Okay, I won. <laughs> like, probably the hardest master trainer battle in in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee was probably like the Metapod one. Yeah, because you can only use Harden. And it wasn't even hard. <laughs> it was just like 30 minutes. Yeah. No, you caught I mean, a Caterpie. Eventually somebody runs out and struggles. So Yeah. No, you caught a Caterpie, that new tackle, then you if you just caught Metapod, you were done for. Well, that's the point of the master battle. It's Metapod versus Metapod. Caught in the wild. <laughs> there were a I, couple there were a I, couple of those battles that were okay. Yeah, I did do a lot of them. I kind of got burned out of them <laughs> after the first two, and I'm like, oh, I have to do this for everything. No, I'm done. I don't want to talk about like spoilers or leaks. But it, it, it's very safe to say at this point there's no, like, Battle Frontier or, or Platinum, whatever they added in Platinum. Because, one, they would have showed it. But, two, True. I feel like we we know now that people have gotten the game early and have kind of clarified there's there's no Platinum post-game. Yeah, well, I, I mean, thought you said there was. I thought the Giratina well, stuff. Th- well, this, this is... this. Well, we, I don't know about the Giratina stuff. I don't know if you're actually going to Distortion World. I don't know that. I didn't look that up. Well, dang. But I think you're right. If they were going to do Battle Frontier, they would have mentioned it by yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird thing to like have hidden at this <laughs> point. If they're going to add it, i I don't know. I don't know if this is the only post game. Like, there could be other parts, but I, I do think we can probably write the Battle Frontier off. They haven't. They didn't bring Battle Frontier back for Oris. I don't know that they're going to bring it back here, and not have mentioned it. Like after this. Test your skill at blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, maybe they have DLC planned for Diamond and Pearl. I don't know. It's possible. Like, if if anything, they've been very uh, good at throwing surprises our way. Who knew that after Sun and Moon, we would get another Sun and Moon that was almost identical. And then who knew (laughs) after that we would get a remake of Gen 1, which we've already had remade. And then... We got our first Pokemon game on the our first ge- new generation on the Switch, and that generation had DLC. So we also didn't expect a game, a main series game, not being made by Game Freak to also come out. Um, mm-hmm. So there could be DLC. There could be like uh, I don't know, Battle Frontier or extra legendaries or uh, extra island. I who knows? There could be nothing too. Like I, I guess I have no expectations. I do. So going back to like encountering legendary Pokemon after you beat the Hall of Fame, which is saying like once you beat the game, it seems like there's at least something new there because there is this not the struggle, but this this ongoing conversation of people being like, I want to relive the game that I had as a child, which is a lot of remakes like that's not exclusive to Pokemon. Right. And then there's the there's my side of the conversation, which is like, look, I've played this stuff before. Give me something new. And I feel like a lot of these. Game developers have to find a balance of like, okay, well, we want to capture your childhood, but we also want to give you something new. So this is the something new, at least for me, is, okay, I'm going to beat the game. 
where are these plates going to be? How fun is it to find and get these plates? And oh, then... not fun at all. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have a strong feeling post-game, either the plates are going to be added to the digging game in the underground, mm. or they're going to be part of when you put certain statues up, they'll appear in those wild areas under certain circumstances. Like, I have a, they've been really pushing that underground heavy, the fact that they call them plates and used to find bits of the other plates in the digging game before, I have a feeling they're going to be in there somehow. And it may be controlled by the statues you put in your secret base. Like, those are the only things that they've sort of kept in the same conversation. So, post-game seems to be a lot of put the statues in, change the habitat, and then they're like, this is also post-game. So I have a feeling they're they're pretty connected somehow. What the exact connection is, I don't know. But I I would not put it past them to put them behind that frustrating digging game. I mean, we could hope that digging game is better this time. Nothing that they've shown of it suggests that it is better. But it, it looks is, exactly it, the same. It is interesting that they're trying to preserve that park even though it has no purpose any longer. Right, yeah. we're not transferring Pokemon in from another generation. So, what can we do with that park? Oh, let's make it this new unique feature. I may like that they're doing something with it. I I did half think, are they just going to cut out of the game? Is it going to be there? So, having it be there and change to another way to hunt legendary and mythical Pokemon, I, it's cool. I like it. Uh, legendary Pokemon players can encounter some legendary Pokemon can only be encountered in one game version or another, but players can still try to get them on their team through other means, such as trading with other players. In in Brilliant Diamond, it is possible to encounter Raikou, Entei, and Suicune, and Ho-Oh in Pokemon Shining Pearl, it is possible to uh, encounter Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres, and Lugia. I think since then, Nintendo, not the Pokemon company, I think it was Nintendo tweeted that Mewtwo was going to be in Diamond and Rayquaza was going to be in Pearl. That's not equal. <laughs> Definitely not. That's true. Also, they have not mentioned Kroger and Groupon. Um, I'm assuming those are going to be split. Or not available. I, how do you do Rayquaza and not Kyogre and Groudon? Very easily. Pretty easy. <laughs> Raymond showed up for the party and, and the other two the other didn't. Two. <laughs> it's like, nah, I have things to do. This... Uh, Okay, I know we always talk about like, hey, this is these are the thoughts that happen, you know, on socials or in in our communities. But it's it's so funny seeing people be upset about being like, I can't get all of them because you mean in one of the games versus the other one? <laughs> yeah, since day one, since, <laughs> since day one of twenty five years ago, you also couldn't get all of them because this and company that's what it was in Sword and Shield. Even well, that, in the Dynamax yeah. Advantage, that's they, what, they that's were what I'm thinking behind. too. Is like you're. Like, I don't know why this comes as a surprise. This is definitely not like a sudden heel turn by the Nintendo <laughs> company. Like ha 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 ha! You could get everything in one game before, but now you can't. But it's sudden like, twist. We're evil now. I, I want to find these people and be like, did you not play <laughs> Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, where all of these were sitting at the end of the game? Did you not play Omega, Ruby, Alpha, Sapphire, when all of these were sitting at the end of the game? Did you not get the Diamond? Did you not get the Sword and Shield DLC where all of these were sitting at the end of the game? Why are we upset about this? Do you not play Pokemon Go? I'm swimming no. in Lugia. They were handing <laughs> them out like candy. Like, why? 
<laughs> like, but but even in Sword and Shield, the legendaries there were some that you could only get in one yeah. versus the other. So yeah, the uh, uh, like you had to make a choice between Eliki and I mean you can always start. it's just not getting no. But, but also, even even in the the, in the what are they called mega raid advantage. adventures or yeah. whatever. There were some that were version exclusives. You yeah. had to know somebody who had the other one to invite you to their raid. I think it's I, I think it's it, it's funny to see those conversations happen because like we play every Pokemon game, but it's very clear that these people haven't. Like if they were complaining about not getting Zapdos, they I, I can't imagine they play Pokemon Go <laughs> or <laughs> they clearly didn't get the DLC to Sword and Shield, right? They didn't get Ultra Sun and Moon. Like well, these I are mean, literally people who like Diamond and Pearl are the only Pokemon, original Diamond and Pearl are the only Pokemon games they ever played before. And they were like, oh, they, they must have fixed this by now. Yeah. They give us all of them. <laughs> yeah, they, surely will give us everything. <laughs> surely a game that's based on trading with your friend will cut out a core mechanic and give us everything. But here's, here's the takeaway, though. I look at this and I go, okay, cool. I don't, like, I don't care, right? I ha- I'm I have so many legendary Pokemon from the like even with the Sword and Shield DLC I have not finished Dynamax Adventure I haven't caught almost all of them because like I don't need them what am I gonna do with eighteen Zekrom like nothing yeah but that's you that's right, right. not but the average player I'm not I'm not the average player so when I read this it doesn't really like sway my decision right like I'm not desperate for Articuno I played Let's Go Pikachu I have Articuno since you know Red and Blue but clearly. That the Pokemon Company slash Nintendo slash Game Freak, they have done enough market research and they understand customers better than these Twitter people or these Reddit people that they know that not every Pokemon player buys every Pokemon game. And these Pokemons to here still have so much weight in people's decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, even though the hardcore players like me and the people listening to the show, they have a million Zapdos, they're going to buy the game regardless. But we know that somebody out there is missing a Ho-Oh and that once we say a Ho-Oh is in this game, that person's going to be like, well, that's the game I'm buying. Like, they know that this is still a very important selling feature to the majority of their audience, in my opinion. I mean, you're not wrong. And it's not even just the legendaries. It's like, what are the regular Pokemon that are exclusive to each other? Yeah. Version? If you're asking me to choose between an Oddish and a Bellsprout, that decision's been made. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Glammeow. Would you stop? Nobody cares about that stupid cat. Look forward to online features. This is a this is this is such a weird press release. For players looking forward to playing Diamond and Pearl and Shining Diamond Diamond and Pearl, there will be a software there will be a software update version one point one point zero available November eleventh, ahead of the game's release. With the software update 1.1.0, players will be able to enjoy communication features of the Ground Underground Super Contest show and receive items for Mystery Gift and visit uh, Romanus Park after entering the Hall of Fame. This part of this press release is so weird because the game doesn't come out till 19th. And the only thing I can think of is like, okay, well, reviewers have the game early to play, but they would just yeah. tell those people anyways. Like, hey, IGN, just a heads up, we're doing an update. Like as a person, it it just seems very weird for them to call that specific thing out. But maybe um, I don't I don't think so. I think that by calling it out ahead, they they help stop people. Was like, oh, the game was so broken on release, they had to do a patch day one. Like they're getting ahead of it, saying we are putting in a patch immediately because we want to make sure that these were working and this is going in, so that 
they can at least have something official out to stop people from it won't let's be real it's not gonna stop them but <laughs> it gives us Correct. ammunition to point saying hey this wasn't a mistake their game wasn't broken day one they said they were releasing a patch right yeah it's not unusual for developers to sh- ship a game early because they have to well, especially now make like, the cartridges and they have to get them overseas and they have to like the shipping problem is so bad right now they probably had to ship actual cartridges at the start of summer and be like program it with what we have now because these are the only shipping times we can get yeah the shipping situation is so dire who knows how early they had to actually commit to getting something out so i'm not surprised that there's a patch day one to be like okay we had to put something on those cartridges here's the rest yeah but but even beyond that it like it even if the patch solely serves to unlock the online capabilities because they didn't want the reviewers to have the online capabilities, it's better to get in front of it and yeah. say that's what's happening versus because people don't read. It's two, it's twenty twenty one. People don't read. So if I like get you know my game and I start it up and it's like all right you've got to patch it, then all of a sudden it's mystery and speculation. Of, oh, oh sure, what, what is this? Yeah. yeah. What are they patching? Well, and this is not a spoiler, but one of the like leaks or what happened when people got the game early is there was no title screen. And that was talked about like, oh, this game doesn't even like there's there's no intro cinematic. It's just you turn on the game and then you go like new game. Um, and that, that's been patched in since. And we have that now. I, but it's like, yes, I like, like know these games when ship. people <laughs> when people are going to put together the fact that they have the ability to do patches now. Why is so this the looking point? <laughs> they are going to perhaps keep things out of the game for leakers to have like bad quality. So that because because if a leaker gets it and says, "Oh, the game is bad. It doesn't have this and doesn't have that," and the regular consumer buys it and it suddenly has all those things, that leaker just looks bad, right? Like, well, you have an incomplete copy, so you are basing everything off of bad information. And it discredits the leaker. Like it is the benefit of a company in this world of online connectivity to hold stuff back for a patch, because it doesn't hurt them if you're buying the game when they want it and they patch it the same day. Your experience is good. Yeah. If a hacker gets it and gets out flawed data and tries to make a name for themselves off of bad information, it only hurts that leaker. The things that like are missing. Always makes sense. Why, you don't need the title screen. Like, the title screen is so irrelevant. Like, somebody's right. working on that, and you can just add it in, and it's fine. Like, it is not anything that's going to break the game, which is like, we need to fix these things first. Don't worry about the title screen. We can add that the day before. I mean, Final Fantasy has been delayed for two weeks for very similar reasons. At launch, a maximum of two players, yourself included, will be able to battle and trade Pokemon in the Union Room. A software update released in the future will allow for more additional players to join. Please see this Hmm. page for more details. Um, So I think in in, um, original Diamond and Pearl, it was four people, right? Four DSs could connect in the Union Room. Local or online? I think local both. or online. I don't remember. I don't know if online was eight though. When I when I when I remember back then, <laughs> when I, I remember looking at screenshots. You could see like probably like eight people in a union room. Yeah, it was more. I think I think it was four locally because that's all the infrared could handle. And I think I do think it was online eight. 
that familiar. I don't know. It's a long time. I can go pull it up, I suppose. But okay, they also say you can befriend mythical Pokemon as a perk for linking the Pokemon Sword, Pokemon Shield, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, or Pokemon Let's Go Eevee games. If players have play records from one of the qualifying games I just read on their Nintendo Switch when starting their copy of Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl, they will be able able to add a mythical Pokemon to their team. If you have Sword and Shield, you can speak to the gentleman in the flower field located southwest end of Floromia Town. Floroma? Floroma Town. Floroma Town to get the mythical Pokemon Jirachi. If you have Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee, you can speak to the madam in this, this the, literally the lady standing next to the dude. They're like standing next to each other in this little corner in the map uh, in this town, and she will give you a Mew. Ooh, shiny. Is it, can it be shiny? No, these cannot be. This is the be, most important question. I believe these cannot be shiny locked. Or I believe these are shiny locked, sorry. Jirachi, Mew, um, can be added if you own Diamond and per- or if you own Sword and Shield or Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. Since people were freaking out about not having Zapdos, I'm going to say those same people probably freaking out that they can't get a Mew now because they didn't buy Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. And all the demos do- don't work. The demos don't work, you- yes. The demos no. don't work. Just but FYI. All you, all you do is you find a friend who has the cartridge for the other game, put it in your Switch, start it up. And then literally your get your Pikachu and then save it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I am that friend. I have it. Talked about this before. Talk about it again. Mythical Pokemon is just a mythical is just a it's just a keyword for marketing. <laughs> uh that's that's fine. I mean if you if you're getting both diamond and if you're getting both diamond and pearl and you have one copy of Pokemon Shield, ideally you will still be able to get a copy uh you will still be able to get Jirachi in your copy of Diamond and a co- and Jirachi in your copy of Pearl. So the ways to get Jirachi. This is cool. I I don't know if it convince uh, like I don't. I I am sure there are people still on the fence for these games, uh, and I'm sure that I don't know. I don't know if the mythical Pokemon are enough to put people over. Problem. The problem is these games are sixty bucks. There have been a lot of ways to get Mew in the past. Uh, there's not been a whole lot of ways to get Jirachi in the past, but Jirachi's that weird one where you can like get unlimited Jirachis technically if you had the disc. Yeah, uh, but then you have to yeah. know somebody who had the disc yeah, and ask yeah, yeah. to give you a Jiratchet. And... I got that disc. Uh, I, I, I do think they still sell games, right? Like, I do think that people will be like, when it's on sale or for Christmas or I've got a coupon or i got a gift card, I want this, I'll pick this up. Or it's going to encourage them to... Like, the other thing it does is say, hey, I want to borrow this cartridge from from you to get this, and since they do have to play it for a little bit, it does sort of maybe encourage them to be like, well, I played this far, it's actually more fun than I thought, let me continue with this, or I'm going to go buy my own copy. Like, it is a, it is an entry point to get people to try these other games to see if maybe they'll buy it, right? Like, even if they borrow it, they may buy it after playing it for a while. Mm. So it's kind of like a win-win, because it doesn't cost them to give out yet another Mew or right. yet another Dorachi. Like, I just code. <laughs> not to switch from Diamond and Pearl, but just another pre-order bonus, or not pre-order, but uh, there's a special in-game bonus revealed for Legends Arceus, which is Shaman, Landform bonus. Trainers who have played Pokemon Sword and Shield will be able to take on the research quest. So they'll have to at least do something here. Mm-hmm. Um, in Pokemon Legends Arceus, which they will have a chance to add the mythical Pokemon Shaman, Landform to their team. 
It will also be able to claim a Shaman Kimono set designed after the mythical Pokemon. The request that allows players to meet Shaman will be available to accept in Jubilife Village after you view the end game credits. Players can cl claim the Shaman Kimono by speaking to the, cl uh, the clothes person after joining the Galaxy Expedition team. Close person. <laughs> I find it interesting that a part, the only, like, the, the biggest thing that I find interesting about this announcement is that Legends Arceus will have some sort of post game. Because why yeah. would you have outfits after the ending credits if there wasn't some post game to enjoy? Well, I would hope that there was some post game. <laughs> we, but, but it's never guaranteed. That's true. Well, right? I, we we know true. nothing about this style of game. This could be the only post game, though. Who knows? I mean, get get the clothing, turn the game off, never turn it on again. Okay, good. <laughs> you get Happy the clothing early. You get the clothing early. Yeah. I mean, Sword and Shield have sold very well. Because what are they up to? 20, 20, almost 23 almost million 23 copies million, sold yeah. for a while? Like, I think Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee was almost up to 12 million last we checked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but Sword and Shield and Blue is definitely still over 20 holds million. the king at right yeah, yeah. 31 million. It is but... very likely that Sword and Shield will pass original gold and silver and become the second best selling Pokemon game of all time. Well, according to the statistic, gold and silver is at 23.1, and Sword and Shield is at 22.6. Yeah. So it's... they don't have far to go. No, and they have, another, they have another holiday coming up. And there's a bonus. Owning those games for these games, right? Like it is a clear marketing push to combine those games or encourage them to buy these games. Uh, you know, get Diamond and Pearl from your mom and dad, get Sword and Shield from your grandpa. Yeah, and they still probably want people to buy Sword and Shield since uh, yeah. there's no competitive in Diamond and Pearl. And I, you know, I wonder if that's like intentional at this point of like I. I th I think it was intentional also because I think it would be so hard to change out of Sword and Shield with Dynamax already built in and do all the post-game work in Brilliant Diamond. Like, I just feel like they thought this is a very unique, like, remakes don't sell as well, so why would we want to push all competition there? When these games are still viable and there's so many people playing these games. Yeah, I, I still strongly believe, though, that since the remakes are made by an external company, they are like, we are not going to put something as critical as our competitive, yeah, our VGC yeah. competitive, yeah, yeah, yeah. which has been that so too. core for so long, in somebody else's hands. Because that that's how cheating happens. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think intentional is the right word, but I think when they were designing Sword and Shield, and they knew that these games were going to follow, and they knew that DLC, it was like Sword and Shield, DLC these games, Arceus, then whatever we have afterwards. I think it was like, we know that this competitive scene is going to be three years in this specific game. Yeah. And yeah. And that it wasn't like, oh, what do like, I just don't think that how they make games and how they plan out their structure. I don't think that the release schedule of this game and the release schedule of Arceus, I don't think those were just like randomly picked. I think they, they have a, they obviously yeah. COVID probably messed some of that stuff up, but yeah, um, I'm going to safely assume once Diamond Pro comes out, there will still be those raid weekends in Sword and Shield. There will still be season changes. There will <laughs> probably still be a new format that we haven't seen before in Sword and Shield um, to keep that competitive stuff alive. Uh, and I hope that there is at least some sort of compatibility bef between Diamond and Pearl. 
yeah with sword and shield so you can be like well i caught a, a i caught a snover here i can still move it over sword and shield will have an update to at least accept that new symbol because we know that we're not getting that update until early 2022 Yep. But I don't see why Sword and Shield would be like, nope, can't take any Snowvers from Diamond and Pearl. That's too complicated. Like <laughs> I think I think that's probably I think that's probably a pretty Yeah, I mean all Diamond and Pearl and Legends of Arceus do is add yet another game to the calendar weekend where everything else happens. Everything is gonna happen. <laughs> Janine's like, Great, yes. I'm just gonna pencil them in on those exact same days. We're gonna have legendary cartridge day in Diamond and Pearl. We're gonna have legendary raid weekends in Sword and Shield. We're going to have cartridge raids somehow in Pokemon Go. And it's all going to happen on January 14th. Gonna happen so we got, we got one weekend, day to get it done. Gonna happen the same weekend Legends come out. Good luck. Have fun. Here's a community day. Although, I do, when I think about it, though, if you have people that only play one thing, to have everybody excited about Pokemon, different aspects to be able to talk to each other, like, I'm doing something fun on this day, is kind of clever. It is. Because it it has that sort of community feel, even though people might be doing different things. I mean, in an ideal world, yes. But we all know <laughs> of the huge walls that each of the Pokemon community builds up. I, I, I will not speak with a Pokemon Go player. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, I no. Especially, shield player. especially if they would do I a Safari play Zone. pure Pokemon. I don't play Go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, even though I, uh, we've complained and, and like, the our folks in Slack, they're like, oh, there's so much happening this weekend. Like, we are such the exception to that. Right. Like, not every Pokemon player is doing Go, Sword and Shield, TCG, whatever else. Masters. Masters. Um, Look, Masters Pikmin. never has a special weekend. <laughs> Masters it. is like, here's more people. Gotta fit Go. in that Pikmin. You know, I saw an interesting conversation uh, also happen this week where, uh, so we talked about how you can get Mew and Jirachi pretty early, literally before the second gym, because the second gym is Gardenia. And so you can get a Mew and a Jirachi before the second gym. Very possible. And this Nuzlocke is... Nuzlocke easy, easy mode. This, this is not new to any Pokemon game. You can technically trade yourself a Garchomp if you wanted to, to start True. your journey. You can choose to go through the entire game with the Weedle if you never want to evolve it. You can choose to use Eternatus against the Leon battle or not use the Eternatus. By the way, if you do use Eternatus, you will get special voice dialogue from Leon being like, you're, ch you're a cheater. Please delete your copy. That's what he says. <laughs> um, how dare you? How dare you use this against me? But... uh. The conversation just seemed very negative. It was like, oh, kids are going to be like, Pokemon games are too easy because they're getting a Mew or a Jirachi. And like, I roll my eyes because like, who cares if it's easy? Not, not even that. In, in black and white, you could get Victini, I think, right. before the third gym. Yes, I think you need two gym. gyms for Victini. Yeah. And like, okay, where's the difference here, kids? There, so there is no is difference. But like, like 10 years later... They're doing the same thing. But it's the, it's the same conversation every single year when these mythicals come out. But And at the end of the day, I, I just think to myself, like, hey, if that kid wants to use Jirachi and he's having a great time and he makes it to the end of ga the game because he had a Jirachi, that I, I, how is that an L? That's Kids these yeah. days have it too easy. <laughs> they get these super powerful Pokemon right off the bat. They don't have to go up against Brock with a Caterpie. I had to play the real Pokemon. 
it is adult gatekeeping nostalgia glasses 100% where you believed you had to work hard look your parents had to work hard to get that for you that you you are now the parent now you have to do the hard work quote unquote to do that Isn't for your kid 100% like when i was your age i had to yeah. walk uphill to school and uphill back from school like what yeah it just like reminds me of like the player that's like mm, pokemon games are too easy but literally after every single battle in a gym they walk out and walk to the Pokemon Center and then walk back in the gym and then do the next battle and then walk out That's and then me. go into the Pokemon Center. And it's like, you just said it was, <laughs> I mean, like, play the game how you want to play it. Like, if, 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 yeah, but then they got mad when you got locked into trials. Yeah, they did. Pick your poison. And they're not all the same people, right? Like, it is just, it is that sort of thing where, like, negativity gets views. And honestly, if you push them against it, they back down real quick, uh, as long as they're in person and not online. Because online, they're just going to dig in hardcore and never move, uh, because that's what online do. But I think it's just one of those things where it's like the question we had, what made Mythicus less special? You grew up, right? Like, that kid is still going to be like, there's this person who gave me this super cool pokemon that i've never seen before and it was super strong and i'm very excited about it and like that connects them very strongly to this game and it it is a tie to the other games they have played like that connection builds memories when you're in an impressionable youth like steve will never forget that super rare gold duck he got that nobody else that's true that's true and like those are huge connections and so your desire to be a child again is blurring <laughs> your idea of what hard is. It was hard because you were young and you'd never played the games before. Yeah. That's it. It's never going to be hard again because you've played the games. <laughs> There's no amount of cranking up the difficulty that's not going to make you forget the, the super effective charts or over leveling. All those World of Warcraft like, people, they wanted that original sp experience back and then they got it and then they were they like, got it, this is like, awful. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we keep submitting bugs and how the game worked back then. Okay, we still have some more Diamond Pearl news, but they're related to Go since Go is going to do an event. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the Diamond and Pearl event in Go and then the Safari Zone St. Louis. So we will be right back. I respect underwater Christmas. Do you always need more Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Underwater, Christmas. underwater Christmas. I'm kind of into that. kind of into that. Yeah. Yeah. probably watched the little mermaid before they went into this i will say the holiday is very cute do you always need more christmas underwater christmas, underwater christmas. Yeah. yeah underwater christmas, underwater christmas. And we are back from our break. Let's celebrate the release of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl with a Pokemon Go event trainers. This is all PokemonGoLive.com, by the way. 
Experience the the Sinnoh region in an adventure reborn with Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl in celebrations of the release of these games on Nintendo Switch. Pokemon originally discovered in the Sinnoh region will be appearing more often in Go. Cartwig, Chimchar, and Piplup will be wearing special Sinnoh-inspired hats and will be appearing in the wild. And Avatar items inspired by the first first partner Pokemon will be available in the shop. Starting on Tuesday, November 16th at 10 a.m. from Sunday, November 21st, you will be able to get half incubator distance and one-third super incubator distance. Costume Pokemon such as Turtwig wearing Lucas's hat, Chimchar with Lucas's hat, Piplup with Lucas's hat, and then Turtwig, Chimchar, and Piplup all with Dawn's hat, hat, Dawn's hat, will be appearing in the wild, and they will all have a chance of being shiny. There will be a new collection challenge to celebrate these costume Pokemon. That will be available. Completing the challenge will get you 1,000 XP and 3,000 Stardust and an encounter with Frostlass. The following avatar items will be available starting Monday, November 15th at 12 p.m. PST. A Turtwig, Chimchar, and Piplup costume. They are something else, that's for sure. (laughs) I mean, they're cute. They're okay. That Chimchar is a little weird, but the Piplup one's fine. Why? What's weird about it? I don't know. I think it's just the fact that your head's in all of their mouths. (laughs) (laughs) The following new avatar items will be available at no cost starting on Monday, November 15th. A Sinnoh hat, Sinnoh top, Sinnoh pants, Sinnoh shoes, Sinnoh backpack, Sinnoh skirt, and Sinnoh boots. No Sinnoh socks. Socks are still banned. No socks. You'll be able to get event-themed stickers by uh, spending Pokestops, opening gifts, and purchasing them in the shop. The following one-time bundle will be available. There will be an event box one-time exchange with 20 Pokeballs and uh, one Sinnoh Stone. There will be a great box so many. for 300 Pokecoins with three Super Incubators, two Incubators, and one... This is actually a, a, a great deal. The great That's box. The Bobby box right there. The great box is a great deal, but you must set your expectations correctly because we all know that even though you're getting three super incubators, two incubators, and a lore module, you will still get guaranteed disappointment. <laughs> the eggs will not be in your favor. <laughs> they never are. <laughs> uh, so there's two parts to the, the Diamond and Pearl stuff. So part one is the Brilliant Diamond part. That will be um, Tuesday the 16th through Thursday the 18th. So kind of short. Uh, you're going to be able to get more Pokemon in the wild. Like Seal, Murkrow, Puchiana, Aeron, Turtwig, Chimchar. Piplup, all wearing the hat. Bidoof, Krakatot, and Baneri. Sorry, these these Turtwig, Chimchar, Piplup, they'll be wearing Lucas's hat. And then the rarer spawns are going to be Weasel, Burmy, Larvatar, and Scyther. Cresselia will be appearing in five-star raids. All the three-star raids are bad. You can skip them. Mega Raid will be Lopunny. Eggs will be Badoo, Bonsly, Happiny, Mime Genie, Riolu. Those are 7k, by the way. Uh, field research during this time will be giving you Dawn's stuff. So that would be Turtwig, Chimchar, Piplup with the hats, uh, Sand Cloak Burmy, and Trash Cloak Burmy. And then when Shining Pearl comes out, you're going to see Pinsir, Mistrevis. Hey, I need those ghost Pokemon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to get it in time. Houndour, Sfeel, Turtwig, Chimchar, Piplup with Dawn's hat. Bidoof, Krikatot, Benary, Glammeow. If you're lucky, these are the rare spawns. It's going to be Slowpoke, Bagon, Weasel, and Burmy Sandcloak. Uh, Cresselia will still be in 5-star raids. Lopunny will still be the Mega. 
your 7k eggs will still be the same. Your field research is just opposite at this point. So if you missed out the two days of Turtwig wearing Lucas's hat, you'll be able to do field research to try to get it. Um, and then that event, sorry, is um, November 18th through Sunday, November 21st. So kind of a short event. Uh, but the like flipping halfway through is kind of cool, I guess. Granted, you have enough time. All right. Well, let's dive into Safari Zone. That was a thing. Oh. We went to a safari zone. There are wild Pokemon everywhere. It was quite the safari if safaris happened in Antarctica. <laughs> they could. They could happen in Antarctica. Look, it was a little cold. It was for a little cold. Much of the afternoon. Like the morning was fine as long as we were in the sun and out of the wind. Which is very hard I'll to do. <laughs> but, but also, my one commentary on this uh, Diamond and Pearl release celebration is: I don't need any more Burmese. Leave no more Burmese. Thank you. Done. No Burmese. We had a lot of Safari Burmese. We had a lot of Safari chat tot. Uh, I found the elusive unknown S. I I was all over that park. I was catching balls. I was finding the guy's teeth. I was doing all the things. <laughs> Okay, maybe let, maybe let's explain what a safari zone is real quick. So, uh, we planned this event two years ago. <laughs> yeah, we made a decision two years ago, and it finally came true this year. I would actually describe it as this is the first and last event that Steve, Will, and Greg will ever do together. <laughs> the fact that we're all here today recording this is actually the miracle. Um, Look, I got the safari zone shirt on. Like, I prepared. Oh, true. If you're watching the YouTube version, you can see the shirt. It's a great shirt, by the way. A Safari Zone is not a community day, but not a go fest. And I, I had a lot of people like you know ask, and that's a very common question in the Pokemon Go community is like, how are the shinies? What's happening? It's it's a little bit in between. So if you've never been to a Safari Zone. And maybe a lot of people haven't because of, uh, you know, the past two years. It is usually at a park like a GoFest has been in Chicago's parks. And their Niantic will set up, um, like, tents. And they will have little competitions normally. They usually have a store for both, like, a Niantic store and a Pokemon Center store. They usually have um, the very repetitive Pokemon Go music playing at some of these stations. Uh, they usually have, like, photo opportunities. There are signs everywhere being like, hey, if you're walking through this, you're giving us permission to take photos. The spawns are incredibly good. Everything is lured up. Incense is great. There's, uh, but, but when it comes down to, like, shiny stuff, I can't remember what the Safari Zone odds are, but Community Day is, like, 1 in 25. Normal yeah. odds are, like, 1 in 500. Uh, and then you're... Your like go fest is like closer to like one in a hundred, and I want to say last time I checked, Safari Zone was like closer to like one in two hundred ish. Sounds about right. But like everything go related, you're going for the experience. I mean, like it is cool if you know if you know you're never gonna make it to Australia, New Zealand to get like a chat tot. You can get chat tots for your friends. Mm -hmm. It's cool to collect letters of unknown. The unknown this time spelled St. Louis, so that's a handful of letters that you can complete. Yeah, I only got the first S from the Saint. I could not get the S for Lewis. Though. Ah, that's a struggle. Aww, it's always that second S. I looked, I looked, and I looked, and I could not find the last S. Uh, Throw is technically a regional right now. Um, I think Throw and Sock rotated. 
I haven't seen Sock in a long time. Uh, but anyways, there there was Throw there. Although I don't remember if he's regional or not. The featured Pokemon, I suppose, one of the featured Pokemon was Teddy Ursa. So when you finished your research, you did get a shiny Teddy Ursa guaranteed, which was kind of nice. But yeah, and and unlike the couple GoFests we went to, uh, there were raids here. The mm-hmm. first couple GoFests didn't really have any raids because we learned from year one that that was a complete disaster. And then mm-hmm. the second year, there were like no raids allowed. And that's fine. And so to lay out that whole experience, the, the place that we went was called Tower Grove Park. Which is an incredible park. Very that nice. place Very is nice. so cool. And they, they sold tickets to this event two years ago. <laughs> In 2019. It sold out. And they had a makeup day. For those people, I I did that on Twitch. I sat there in my office chair and did the makeup day and played it. You could have opted for a refund, but you would have not been able to do the community day or the makeup day. But they did say when the makeup day was happening that there would still be an IRL event. This was the IRL event. It was very cold, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And it was very empty. Yeah, well, for us, because we us. went on the Friday, right? So yeah. I had a low expectation that people were going to take off work for the two-year-old makeup. <laughs> In the <laughs> it middle finally of finally happened. Yeah. Winter season. I would say, oh boy. Okay, I, w- I do want to say Niantic did offer me free tickets to this event, but because I bought the tickets two years ago, I didn't need them. I actually gave the tickets away. So to those two people who received my free tickets, I hope you enjoyed them. You know who you are. Uh, <laughs> wasn't me but I bought it I have been to worlds I've been to nationals I've been to regionals I've been to Pokemon fan conventions I've been to GoFest I've been to a lot of different Pokemon events Symphonic Evolutions Mall Tours you name it I've done it This has this event was the smallest gathering of Pokemon players I have ever gone to for for the crazy, the insane amount of work Niantic put in. Uh, I, I will say, yes, I agree. The amount of work that Niantic yeah. put into it uh, compared to the number of people that showed up, yeah, your proportion is correct. Yeah. Also, shout out to the staff that worked that event. They were the friendliest, nicest, Absolutely. Most awesome Absolutely. people. Like, they were willing to talk to you and help you. And like, oh, do you want us to take your picture? And have you seen this? And you go over here and do this. And we'll put a weird frog stamp on your hand. Like, <laughs> do they we were find super... Out about the frog stamp? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we never figured that out. Uh, they were super, super friendly, super helpful. I felt kind of bad for them because there were so few people. Like, you could see that they were just, like, standing around. But also, the park was huge. That park so was the, massive. The stands were so far away from each other. And I was like, they can't even go talk to each other because they don't know if they're going to be busy or not. But, I mean, there was... I, I don't want to sell it like there was nobody there. There were people there. Oh, it's just yeah. not the... I, I think we were all maybe surprised at how few there were there because they definitely could have fit, fit in more. Here's and the I thing, don't though, know that is... it was... We got, we got there early, yeah, and so it was cold. It yeah. started at nine, so like the day didn't really heat up. Our high for that day was supposed to be forty seven degrees Fahrenheit for yep 
our Canadian listeners. So we were like, okay, we're early access. Not everyone was early access. So it was like really dead. Like, honestly, we probably saw maybe like upwards of 20 other people playing around us. And right. this park is huge. And when it got into the afternoon, so there was a, there, they, what well, the cool thing they did is the, the, the Niantic people or helpers or staff, they were like, hey, just a heads up. There's a raid event at 1.30. And every time we like walked past somebody, they were like, how, how are you? Do you Hi. need any help? Also, <laughs> yeah. there's a raid event also, at 1.30. Hey. So 1.30 being the raid event and having the most people, it, it, like, it wasn't that busy, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I mean, but also, because they, they were only selling so many physical in-person tickets, right? They sold no more like, tickets since 2019. Yes. But you, but there's only like a certain amount that could. There was like RSVP for coming in person, and I don't know if those were limited. Like I don't know if there were that they really decided to keep social distancing and say you have to RSVP and we're if you come in too late you're not going to get any of these. And it, it didn't speak to me so much of uh, like oh people didn't want to come here. It was much more like they people are overly cautious. Niantic was overly cautious. Mm. This park is huge and they just wanted to make sure that you didn't have to clump with anybody if you didn't want to yeah but i i I honestly think that from from my perspective the major contributing factor was that we went on a friday which is a work day and people are actually back to work again and this was two years ago. You could have people who were super active Go players two years ago who have dropped off. And they were like, I'm not going to take time off of work. I'm not going to travel to St. Louis, where two years ago they would have been like, oh, yeah, we're getting 10 people in a hotel room and we're all going to crash and do Safari Zone and have a wild time. I, I, I doubt that it was even 10% of the people who bought tickets showed up. Because why I, would you? I would agree. Yeah. You, yeah. Like Niantic did the right thing and said, hey, we're actually doing this event you're more than welcome to come because you bought a ticket but also if you can't we understand play it at home yeah yeah and if you remember with this one it was i I don't remember exactly what it was but it was like if you had a ticket you could sponsor like two other people to get tickets or something weird like that and i did that and my two other people didn't come they played from home but they they stayed home Mm -hmm. when originally they had intended to come down and play with us the thing I the thing I want to say though is it was it was like weather the weather was miserable it was awful I had I had hand warmers I had toe warmers I had long underwear I had a scarf I had my hood on I had a jacket on I thought I was prepared I am from Wisconsin I am very used to like the cold you know I I have you know friends in texas that are like oh boy it's it's 68 degrees today out it's really chilly and i'm like you're uh, you're out of your mind if you think 68 degrees is chilly <laughs> like i i have a pretty high tolerance i think for the cold compared to anyone south of maybe missouri <laughs> i will give you that compared to people in the south you have a higher tolerance from cold but it was it was at a certain point I was just like it it's not it the the event itself is great but it's like my hands hurt like my body hurts it's just so cold that it it's not fun to like catch pokemon or to even walk anymore Yeah when uh, you get that full body shiver right it's yeah. like your entire body is just like oh and we, well, it was like 
in the morning we could find places to be in the sun and you could warm up and you felt like okay well as long as the sun holds out and i can find these places i get a break from the cold we went to lunch the clouds moved in it started to snow and there was no there was no coming back it was just solid cold from that time on and having to pull your hand like hand warmers only do so much if you keep it in your pockets we have to pull it out to play the game. So it was like you were always exposing parts of, like, and my hands are out and now they're cold. Because I had two hand warmers, uh, electric ones, and I would be like, it's great when I'm holding them close to my body, but when I have to play the game, I pull them out of this freezing cold and I'm miserable again. But there, there's like a certain point, and th- maybe people in the, the South don't get this, there's a certain point where the cold just gets through to you, and no matter what, you're like, like when we got back to the hotel and I was sitting down, I was still, I still felt as cold as I did, even though we the were. The only in. thing that will warm you up is getting a bath bomb and sitting in a massive yeah, hot yeah, bath yeah, and going to or, Bath and Body uh, Works and spending eighteen dollars on bath salt, which was incredibly <laughs> a overpriced. Giant chai latte, which is my preferred way. Of- if the weather was like ten degrees warmer, if it didn't start snowing, if the sun was actually out, uh, if it wasn't so windy. I think the cold would have been tolerable if it wasn't so windy. Because, like, when it was no wind and kind of orchestral, like, okay, it's cold. But the wind picked up, and you're like, nah, this is this is bad. It is so cold. But if the weather wasn't awful, it would have been an incredible experience. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I still had an incredibly fun time. Right? Like, we got to meet a lot of super great people. We had a lot of fun. We got to it, the spawns weren't anything particularly great, but we you had like to tour a very cool park. We got to see parts of a city that I'd never seen. I got to meet a bunch of people. We got to hang out. I mean, like all of the. If my only complaint was that I'm cold, that's still a very good yeah event to me. We had a lot of fun, even though we had to like go inside every time and be like. I just need a break. And to also, if you only went to play for like a couple of hours, the cold was tolerable. We were out there for eight hours. <laughs> like, we were not really giving ourselves great breaks to go in and warm up. Like, we were just the people who were like, we're going to be this here all the time. There was, and it's cold. There was a part of me that was like, and we did this on Saturday where like, hey, I want to walk 10,000 steps for Pikmin, but I don't want to walk outside because it's so cold. And let's go to a mall and do it. Also, that the, the, that... Uh, Missouri, you have the worst malls. You have bad malls. Oh, oh 100%. You, you have bad malls. Your malls are like hallways, and they, they're they awful. Joyless hallways. Yeah. Joyless I, I, hallways. I, so we went to the first the first mall we went to. It was, what was that West County Mall? Yeah, I think Correct. that was called. And I was like, oh, this name is Name them of... by name. Name yeah. the criminals by name. Uh, so I was like in that mall. I'm like, well, this is kind of a sad mall. It's a sad it's mall. It's not great. And everyone's like, when oh, you, well, the gallery is the fancy. When, when you walk through West County, you're like, hmm, surprise, hmm. this is still in business. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> this is a sad mall. And they're like, I oh, don't know. No, gallery is the good one. Gallery is the fancy one. We went to that. That is also a sad, sad mall. Oh, people. Like, I knew about the Galleria when I worked at Apple because we would have. So the thing about St. Louis, I don't know it that well, but St. Louis has like one tech or Missouri or maybe, maybe Missouri, but they have like a tax free day. So when I worked at Apple, people would drive 
to St. Louis to the Galleria, because that's where an Apple store is, and they would buy a computer because it was tax-free day, but then they would use their employee discount. So they would double dip. Mm. And I think that was once a year. So for years, I've heard that, oh my gosh, the Galleria, this is the mall, and they got the Apple store and the tax-free and the discount. And so I was like, I've, I've never seen the Galleria. Let's go to the Galleria. When we were with people, Greg, they were saying, like, you got to go to yeah. the Galleria. Yeah, you got to go to the Galleria. That it, mall that's the fancy mall. It's awful. It's t- it is a bad mall. It's a it glorified a three-tier mall. hallway. <laughs> I was expecting when they're like, this is a good mall. I was expecting our Galleria-level fancy. Yeah, the Galleria in Edina is it's an this experience. It's super fancy. Yes. So I was expecting that when I walked in there, I'm like, they've literally not updated this since the 80s. This is an 80s mall. Very much. A- and-, I, and, and, and right for, for, for the listeners, keep in mind, Greg and I are the original mall rats. We grew yeah. up in a time where the only thing teenagers had to yeah. do on the weekend was to go to the mall yeah. and walk around for four hours. Yes. We know our malls. <laughs> we know our malls. My, I have lived the mall life. I I thought, oh, we're gonna walk they're gonna have really good stores and the displays are gonna be fancy. And I don't know. I I can I can say I can give a lot of credit based on COVID, but not enough credit how bad that mall was. That's <laughs> a bad mall. It wasn't it just like look, I know people have complaints about Mall of America. Very overpriced. Parking's a nightmare. But Mall of America is like clean, it's wide, there's restaurants on every floor there's bathrooms everywhere it's bright you don't feel like your soul is getting crushed the, the main bad thing about mall <laughs> america is just everything in there is overpriced because it's a tourist trap well everything's overpriced everything is spread out weird now and if you live here there is literally no to go, no reason to go to the mall. there's nothing unique in the mall of america right yeah there's just everything you can find everywhere else so it is really sort of just doubled down on being a tourist destination but because it's a tourist destination, it is it is very bright. They took very good steps to make sure you had outside light coming in. And in the Galleria Mall, I'm like, there's a tiny, weird, angular window way up in the ceiling that is giving zero light. Well, and, it's just and so we went to the Galleria because it was too cold outside. It was cold. So this is the thing I'm, I'm curious because it was colder on Saturday than it was on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious of how those people dealt with it because after Friday, I, I, we're, we're not going back outside. I can't, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was in the you Galleria and we were outside. walking for Pikmin, I was like, maybe we just leave because this is also a miserable experience. It's just like and mostly because like everything was so crowded and close there wasn't even that many people in the mall it just felt like you didn't have space to walk through this glorified hallway that they designed the layout and the way they built the center cuts they just didn't make the the actual walking areas very wide so if you had two people walking next to each other you already felt like you had nowhere to go like you were trapped behind these people until you could get the, one of the weird junctions to pull out around them. It it was a it's a very dark and cramped mall. Two out of ten. <laughs> oh no, no! It's still better than Boston Commons in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, it's it. at least a four out of ten. Right. 
Uh, I'll give you a three. A three out but of the sheer number of footlockers that that mall felt the need to have <laughs> for a two-floor plus food court mall was that's where you need to look at your proportions and analysis what you're doing with your life. Yeah. There was a lot. There's a lot happening. Hey, uh, I'll tell you, I, I not this is not a Pikmin podcast, but I'm still having a great time with Pikmin Bloom. You, I think... I, I hate saying we love this, Peakman. but I on Friday I felt I had more fun with Pikmin than I did with Pokemon Go, only because I didn't have to keep tapping on things and running away from things. I could just say, "You Pikmin, do this." I'm putting the phone in my pocket. I am putting my hands in my pocket, and when I get to my next destination in three minutes, I will pull out my hands and check on you and that was a good experience although going back to the galleria when i was walking my 10,000 steps for commu- for that community day i was playing pokemon primarily so i'm curious that's the nice thing about pikmin is like you yeah. you, you it just doesn't ask a lot of you it just wants yeah, you to it walk it doesn't ask a lot it wor- you can you can easily do both games because a pigman asks so little from you <laughs> that it's like I'll just check in on it every once in a while. So I, I'd be um, I'd be curious what uh, only Pikmin player is doing. But even if you're not playing Pokemon, like hey, if I'm walking through a park playing Pikmin, I can check Twitter, I can send a text, yeah. like it, it, it. I can listen to anything I want because I can. Like I can just walk. Yeah, it it, it it's just a great little micro game i don't know what else yeah. to call it it's it, it's just a really great companion to have running throughout the day for you it what destroys i've also battery. found is if you do find your little pickles to be to and because i i did install the game knowing that no matter what i wanted <laughs> to do with my life i would be doing pikmin community day and walking ten thousand yeah. steps and i it turns out i take a lot more steps than either of these two yes do. very true <laughs> Uh, but what I have found is if you do find that the little pickles are too taxing with their always bringing you nectars and demanding attention, you can send them on 10-day expeditions <laughs> and just, bye. bye. Come, back, come back with that lemon in 10 days. I don't want to hear from you. Thanks. Uh, also, I want to say to everybody that we met up with, who could make it out, it was so great meeting you. Mm-hmm. It, yes. Meeting, meeting the people... Always a highlight, spending time with y'all. For people who couldn't make it out, I am so sorry we missed you. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see you again. But, like, being able to meet people who I've only known online or... And just actually get to have a conversation in real time yeah, is so great. So, hats off to everybody who braved the cold. Hats off to everybody who found us. Hats off to everybody who came up and just to say hi. It's great meeting you. We love meeting you. Don't be shy. Uh, it's one of the highlights of the trip every time. Yeah, and sorry to anyone on Saturday and Sunday. I just could could not go back outside. And I'm sure after their day of playing Go, they probably were like, it's, this sucks. <laughs> it was very cold. But yeah, the the park was gorgeous. The park was great. The park was laid out super well. Like Everything about the event was perfect in my eyes. Except the weather, which can't control that. Nope. So if if Niantic's going to, I mean, they, Niantic did say they want to get back to live events. 
Um, yep. And so if they're going to do more Safari Zones next year, which I'd imagine they are, and I imagine they're going to pick... I, I, w- I still think that they had a game plan because it was a game plan in the sense of like it was supposed to be Liverpool and Pittsburgh and St. Louis, and that was like the early part of the year, and then there was GoFest, and then there was nothing afterwards. And I would I would imagine that probably the afterwards was like, here's a bunch of southern states or west coast states that are more warm in the October, November, December. Because I, I St. Louis in November, not a good time. <laughs> so I would I would imagine they're going to pick other cities and, and states to do more Safari Zones in 2022. And I'd be willing to go to them for sure. Just the weather is always a problem. Like when Will and I did GoFest, the day we didn't play, but we were still in town, it poured. Yep, absolutely. And it sucked for those people. And I think those people, I'm almost positive those people got a makeup day. Because um, that was the GoFest where the Chicago was like, you need to clear out the park for at least an hour. Oh, of yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and people were mad at Niantic, and it was like, this is a li- this is an actual safety concern, <laughs> and like, this is like Niantic isn't going to go against the city of Chicago for being like, you need to evacuate people right now, right? So I, I'm a hundred percent for live events, even though like this was like the worst weather slash kind of bummer experience in that regards. Like it didn't sour me on going to another live event. It was it, uh, despite everything, weather wise and other. I I had a great time. Yes. Let's take one more break. We got question of the week, Pokemon of the week, and I think one more news article. So we will be right back. The two seconds of time we saved in raid was off put by the five hours of Steve going, bring it to Mega Hound Doom. Oh, yeah. You I'm should so be crazy. happy I'm bring so it so Hound Doom. I got the Mega Hound Doom. Mega Hound Doom swept that dude so many times. But the point being is. Mega Hound Sweeping the floor. Sweeping the floor. Swept that dude so many times, but the point being is, sweeping the floor, sweeping the floor, sweeping the floor with that guy. And we are back from our break. Uh, just a couple things, real quick. Probably, probably some of the stuff we've already covered, but um, just because not everyone listens to every podcast, shame on you. Charge Up for Pokemon Go's November Community Day starring Shinx. Uh, so that is from Sunday, November 21st from 11 to 5. Shinx will be appearing more frequently in the wild. There will be a dollar research story for that. Good luck getting your Shinxes. At least it's on Sunday, not Saturday. I guess that's better than what they did for Chimchar two years ago. <laughs> Other Pokemon news here is Fusion Strike is now available. Uh, Fusion Strike will have cards such as Mew V, Hoopa V, Genesect V, Deoxys, that knows both Fusion Strike, Single Strike, and Rapid Strike all at once. There's some new item cards as well. 
Uh, and if you're having a hard time finding packs of Fusion Strike, we know that they are available yes. at the Flying J. Yep. So, at the Flying J somewhere in Iowa, they had lots of Fusion Packs. <laughs> they had lots so of Fusion They sure did. They had a whole display right next to the cheese. It was. I bought the cheese and not the Fusion. It was very jarring to see so many Fusion Strikes. <laughs> at, but you know what? Good on them. Yeah, you know, good. On, I'm sure those truckers, as soon as they got out of their shower at the Flying J, I'm sure they cracked a pack open. Yeah, well, they were. You know? There's a whole tournament going back in the back room with all the mm-hmm. truckers. Other thing to announce here is Pokemon Unite Battle Pass Three available. This is dumb. Uh, so <laughs> this is the third Battle Pass. That is true. The first Battle Pass was called First Half. The second Battle Pass was called something. Second Half. Uh, it was not called Second Half, ironically enough. Oh, it's called uh, Galactic <laughs> Ghosts Galactic Ghost 94, I think. This battle pass is called Sun Sun Sun, I, or Sun Sun Sunshine, I think. So it offers, it offers a Ch- Charizard outfit and then a Venusaur outfit. We are, it's called, yeah, Sun Sun Sunshine. So even though it's the third battle pass, we are on Season 2 of Ranked. So Season 1 of Ranked followed by... Both the first two battle passes. And it seems like season two of Ranked are going to follow another two battle passes. Um, so it seems that there will be two battle passes a season. A ranked season. Which just feels to me that they're just like double dipping in battle passes. And yeah, I don't. Like, I couldn't finish Galactic Ghost. I didn't either. But also, I didn't play as much. I didn't play as much as well. Uh, they did They did fix Greedent. I don't know how well they fixed Greedent because I haven't played because they fixed Greedent when we were headed to Missouri. And so I I haven't watched any Twitch. I haven't really talked to anyone. I haven't played it myself, but I do know they fixed Greedent. They fixed some other stuff. I think they tweeted a day or two ago that Ninetales was broken and they were planning on fixing Ninetales in a day or or so. I don't know. I, I still think Unite is in a bad spot. At least for the American audience, I don't know how it's doing. In, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it's doing in Asia. Maybe it's doing great there. They uh, also announced what's happening on the nineteenth. They did. Yeah, Decidueye is coming on the nineteenth. Oh yeah, that yeah. I'm great. back in. I'm back in. Yep. I forgot Rowlet about Decidueye. It's coming with beak and its arrows. The game is still broken, but you can be a a ghost bird. Finally, which. which I was all like, oh, I'd do that, except it's the 19th. Yeah. What a... And I am busy. Like, I, I heard am super busy that game. I heard there's a, a game coming out the 19th. Yeah. I mean, I ha- luckily, it was going to be triple busy because Final Fantasy fourteen was supposed to come out on the 19th, and that's been pushed back. So it's all brilliant pearl shining diamonds. Mm. Love the shining diamonds and pearls. Yeah. Question of the week. Question of the week. Here we go again. My, my, what will we answer? (laughs) The best part of the whole trip was torturing Steve with Greg and I singing the entire soundtrack to Cole Porter's Anything (laughs) Anything Goes, goes. the whole ABBA's Greatest Hits, hits. Carpenter's Gold. All of the Carpenters. Heck yeah. Karen Carpenter was such a talent. Absolutely. And I forget that she played the drums. Correct. Man. Gone too soon. It was a it was a rough it was a rough experience. It was not. We played your K pop for you. 
when you're all pouty emo boy. I do even offered know- Fallout Boy, and you were like, I guess. Do you know how many people would pay actual <laughs> cash money to listen to Greg and I duet on anything? Yeah. yeah. Let alone our our core, where we, we are perfected the songs of the Cole Porter song. Yeah. The, Evening the with Greg and Will. Anything goes. Blow, Gabriel, go blow. blow. You're yeah. the top. We got it. We, we want to hear it. We got it. $200 a ticket. Patreon coming soon. <laughs> uh, this is from uh, Alex. If you could change any Pokemon design, who would it be and why? Uh, Dunsparce, I'd make it less dumb looking. <laughs> uh, there, okay, this is this is good. I would change Rose Raid's design. What? This is a controversy. So the I I overall like the design, but the roses on Rosalia are so detailed and they lose all that detail on the bouquets. Like the bouquets aren't even separate. They're like kind of a big lump. And I really wish they would just add more detail into the whole bouquet part. Like it just it feels like they derezzed Rosalia's arms <laughs> when they went to Roserade. So that is one thing that I just wish they would fix. And I have seen people's online fixes, and I don't like those either. I don't know how to fix it, (laughs) but I do wish they would redesign that part of it. Also, they could get rid of Magnemite. That whole line is just starting. No, stop. Whatever. This is not about (laughs) which Pokemon would you remove. Uh, They could keep it. Just redesign it. There is like this weird thing they did with Mega Pokemon where they felt obligated to give Mega Pokemon goatees, specifically Aerodactyl, and it looks bad. <laughs> and I hate it. Like Mega Aerodactyl, I, I just can't get behind because of the weird goatee they gave to it. And also, Mega Venusaur is so boring compared to every other Mega. And then Gigantamax Venusaur is like what Mega Venusaur should have been? Well, it turned out to be the Gigantamax one. I mean, for me, I know this is difficult for some people to hear. And I want to preface by saying, yes, this Pokemon is fun. I I do, I, I firmly believe that this Pokemon is appropriate and has a right to exist in the Pokemon canon, but I think both forms of Hoopa look nothing like Pokemon. I, I just think of, of all the Pokemon that is the least Pokemon-looking Pokemon I've ever seen. Mm. Hoopa inbound's a bit weird. Also, change the design for Jinx. Yeah, Jinx oh, is just, bad. Yeah, just go right ahead. Just yeah. go ahead and change Jinx. Nobody will care. Just change it. No one cares about Magmar Electabuzz anymore because they have evolutions. Just give Jinx an evolution and make it a forgettable middle evolution again. Uh, I don't know. They're weird about Jinx. Anyways, this is all for YouTube. <laughs> you leave a YouTube comment if you want us to read it. We don't read all of them, so people are constantly disappointing. disappointed. This is from Leeton. Uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are coming out Friday, but on the 15th of November, the date of this podcast episode, Sword and Shield have been out for two years. Now that time has passed with the expansion passes, have been out for a decent amount of time as well. What are your thoughts on Sword and Shield? Have your opinions changed over time? How do they compare to your initial expectation two years ago? Thanks. Love the podcast. Man, I didn't know I was going to have to do my 
PhD dissertation defense as part of the program today. Uh, all right. So let's start with uh, what are my thoughts on Sergeant? My thoughts on Sergeant Shield haven't changed from when I first played them. I found Sergeant Shield and the Galar region just a delightful region. I thought they did a lot of very cool things. I really liked overall all the Pokemon designs. I I do think that the Isle of Armor really enhanced Sword and Shield. I don't think Crown Tundra did the same level of enhancement. I think like a lot of what they did for Isle of Armor, Isle of Armor is very varied. It feels like it's got micro climates. It feels like vibrant and kind of mazy. And I feel like Crown Tundra is less all over the place. Like, it's definitely easier to navigate, which I appreciate. But I feel like they didn't introduce as many new Pokemon in there. So it, whenever I'm in the Crown Tundra, I'm running into things that I ran into the wild area before. So Crown Tundra just feels less special on some levels. And really, I spend most of my time hanging out outside of the Dynamax Adventures <laughs> door. Yeah. So, like, there's not a reason to go a lot further in. And there wasn't, like, digging Pa and digging Ma in uh, Crown Tundra. So, I I think the DLC on a whole enhanced my thoughts about Sword and Shield, but not by much. I still really think they're they're a very strong addition to the whole series. Like, I think I, I would put probably Sword and Shield in my top five, probably. So for me, I would say the concepts introduced in Sword and Shield, the 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 stadiums and bad the, that kind of battling and everything and having that be unique and that that was fantastic. That incredibly fun. It harkens to the original, but it gives you something new, a new way of looking at things. I would say possibly the worst story of any Pokemon game ever makes the least amount of sense of any Pokemon game ever, except that uh, Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra had good stories that were interesting and fun to play through, My little micro stories or however you want to look at them. But overall, two years later, there is still stuff to do in Sword and Shield. Yeah, The game has not run out. It is a game that you can keep playing, you can keep finding things to do, there is so much content that I think it really surpasses other po Pokemon games with the amount of ongoing content, the fact that they still have monthly events that are unique and timely and fun. I think that is what's really outstanding. Yeah, I, I don't think my thoughts for Sword and Shield have changed. I, I definitely like the games a lot, and I, I agree with Will that the game still is offering something mm -hmm. two years out. Um, and you can like you 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 obviously make your own fun in Pokemon games and do what you want to do. But as much fun as I had with Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, it was a lot of just shiny hunting, and I got into a little bit of competitive battling near the end. Um, but all the steps they took to make competitive easier get to get into to keep changing it every couple months to uh not only change the rules but to like ban Pokemon, offer tournaments, the Players Cup, that kind of stuff. Like, really just broke down so many barriers to get into competitive and to watch people play competitive, even if you don't like it. 
Um, and I think the thing that no one ever talks about with Sword and Shield uh, compared to other Pokemon games is that the world and the economy in the world just feels valuable. Like if you spend 30 minutes going around the Isle of Armor picking up stuff, it doesn't feel like it's a waste of time because you're going to use that stuff in some way. They've really also like captured a good way to make you come back once a month, right? Like the special event raids are like, okay, I'll jump in for a bit. You know, I'll, I'll test my luck. I'll see what I get. Like, it is they have sort of found a good sweet spot to keep you engaged with their game two years out, which is is a pretty impressive thing. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's been a, a year since Crown Tundra. I still haven't caught all the legendary Pokemon in the in the Dynamax raids. I still haven't gotten Regigigas yet in the Crown Tundra, even though I I have all the Regis to activate that. I I caught all of the Galarian birds in specific pokeballs and i wanted to do that again on my other copy and different pokeballs i still have so many loose ends to do and i won't be able to complete them when when diamond pro comes out i just and and i I did do a lot of battling i did a lot of mark hunting i did a lot of raids i did a lot of dynamax adventure i did a lot of shiny hunting like i can i feel like i can keep naming things i did in sword and shield and after i beat ultra sun on moon i was like yeah i did rainbow rocket and then i just shiny hunted yeah and the thing that we know too though is that unless there's some real surprise that we we have not seen diamond and pearl is going to offer so much yeah and then it's going to be like yeah you did your diamond and pearl right but I, I was like, I, I still have stuff. You're, I'm the same. I have stuff I have not finished in Sword and Shield that I yep. know I will come back to. Yeah. Because I want to finish that stuff. Same. Yeah, there's really nothing in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon that I need to go back to. I have a bunch of shinies there that I want to get a couple ribbons on and then move them over. But I don't really need to do anything new there. Um, same with Let's Go. I thought Let's Go was great. But mm-hmm. I played through Let's Go, beat it. Caught my legendaries, caught a bunch of shinies, did a couple master rank, but I, I, I feel like I don't have a reason to go back there. Um, and with Sword and Shield two years out, I can think of a dozen reasons to go back to those games. They are, uh, uh, story aside, because the story does not make any sense, uh, they are a, a very solid game. Uh, I think they tried enough things that you kind of get that is hopeful for the future of the series. Uh, but kept a lot of things very tight. It felt comfortable, comfortable while still feeling like, oh, the way they do Jim's house is really cool, and this is kind of go cool. like the wild area is really fun to be in. I, I I think it hit a really good balance of making steps forward the way that all Pokemon games barely make steps forward. <laughs> like the they did make a lot of solid steps forward that didn't really feel like they were detracting from the game. Well, Pokemon of the week. Well, I mean, it's more like Pokemon of the month at this point. It's been going on <laughs> for so long. <laughs> I just wanted people to understand me and what I was trying to get to. Uh, so the second set of clues that I gave, it's real short, so I'll just read it here. The Pokemon Delmise is 12 foot 10 inches or 3.9 meters tall. Uh and then it says, why not Delmise? Why not Ghost? Why not Grass? Why not Dark? Why not Water? 
must one be these things to hide within the shadowy nautical creature? So what what do you guys got? It's Munchlax. It's why not? It is why not. You are correct. So let me just explain for the people who just, because nobody really got it off the first clue. So the first clue, also very short. This is a find the Pokemon in the tall grass kind of clue. On this cool October evening, the shadowy nautical creature set out to deceive. All right. So a lot of people are like, oh, shadowy nautical creature. That is Delmise. And then you have to go a little further. This is a show your work GRE level type question. <laughs> Delmise is a grass Pokemon. And I said, find the Pokemon in the tall grass. If you look at the words shadowy, which ends with W-Y, and nautical, which is right next to it, which starts with N-A-U-T, why not is in the tall grass creature. All you had to do was break the words apart into their syllables. I feel like it's hard on an audio podcast. Yeah, it's hard on an audio podcast. But I accentuated on the (laughs) second time around when I said shadow, we, not, Nicole, feature. But there you go. It was why not. You are correct now. Finally got to it. In Gen 3, Why Not is the only baby Pokemon that can be found in wild in the games on Mirage Island. Uh, oddly, in Gen 4, Why Not is the only baby Pokemon that can be cannot be found in the wild. Why Not is the only Gen 3 Pokemon who made their debut before the Diamond and Pearl series. Sorry, Ruby and Sapphire series. And Why Not has the lowest special attack of all Psychic-type Pokemon. Great shiny. Okay, shuffle icon, shuffle icon. Good shiny. I mean, there's not much to Why Not. Yeah. Now. Yeah, he's cute. Very rare in Go. I don't know. People want those shiny babies in Go. Uh, Bobby, buy those incubators. You'll get them. They're rare. <laughs> they're, they're hard to get. Well, you're going to get all the, you get the Bobby box, right? Next month or yep. later this month. All right. You ready for this week's? Ready for this week's. This, Born this ready. should be much easier. So we're taking it down, the power level down a little. We recently had an error on this program, as, since the Galar region was introduced, Tornadus is no longer the only mono-flying-type Pokémon. What I also find to be quite unique, though, is that all of the bird Pokémon, that for some unknown reason are both flying and normal-type, are normal-type as their first or primary type, while flying is actually their secondary type. There are only two Pokemon evolution lines and one Pokemon with two alternate forms that have flying as their primary type and either dragon, steel, or water as their secondary type. Of these, only one maintains the same first and second type before and after evolving. If you wish to guess this week's Pokemon of the Week, you must identify the very first dual-type Pokemon to have flying as its primary type. Oh, sounds like a good one. You mean like it sounds like a good Pokemon? No, it sounds like a, like a, like a good question of the week. Well, it's not question of the week. Or it's Pokemon, Pokemon of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is our last episode before Diamond and Pearl come out. 
They come out on the 19th. This podcast comes out on the 15th. So what that means is that uh, we will have a mini-series probably launching on, I'm assuming, Friday? The morning of, maybe? Depends. Saturday? Probably Saturday. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about when we plan to meet. Greg is, uh, Greg is not going to Friday. I'm looking at dates. The miniseries will launch on Saturday. Uh, we might have just a short, normal episode on the Monday, which we... I don't know if we've done that before, but we, we have ads now, so we kind of have to, like, stick to... Yeah, I usually get yeah. the week after a game comes out off. Yeah. But... And then, uh, usually these mini-episodes are, like, eight episodes long, and they follow each gym, and then... Well, sometimes nine, because then there's like a bonus. What do you think? So Greg and I will be recording that. That'll come out. And that hopefully will be great and fun. And you guys can follow along on that. Uh, Otherwise, we'll be doing Twitch all weekend, too. I'll be starting my Diamond and Pearl Marathon at 12 p.m. Central Time on Twitch on Friday. So that, you know, if you don't want spoilers for a 15-year-old game, uh, you know, I'm not starting at midnight. I'm starting at noon. That should give you some time to get ahead of me. I I, pr- I play pretty slow. Um, I'm in no rush to beat the game. Uh, well, I'm in the rush to beat the game for the mini series, but there are some people that just zoom through that game. <laughs> so if you want to hang out, if you want to play Pokemon with other people, uh, that'll be the place on Friday. I'll still be streaming on Twitch all this week. Um, now that then now that we're back from St. Louis. If you want to support the show, meet other trainers, hang out with other people, looking for those Zapdos for Ryko trades uh, for the version exclusives, our Patreon is patreon.com slash pkmncst uh, or just isc.cash. And I think, I think that's all we have. Um, very exciting week this week. So expect a lot of content. Looking at my calendar, sorry, if you're watching the YouTube, you're probably seeing me like look back and forth as I like look at my calendar, like panicking, trying to plan out that this game is five days away. Um, but I appreciate you making it to the end. If you want to follow Greg on Twitter, it is at White Wing. Will on Twitter at Washing the Sink. I'm at Dragging a Lake. You can follow the podcast on uh, Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and all that stuff. P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Thank you to our sponsors this episode. Thank you for making it to the end. Um, if you want a, uh, keyword, uh, what the, the hidden message for the Twitch, what is it? I'm looking at Will. I did uh, the last one. Burmy butt. Burmy butt. It was Burmy butt. It was butt flap last week. Now it's. Uh, well, okay. Oh, Burmy booty. Burmy booty. Burmy booty. Okay, cool. Burmy booty. And then I, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to forget. And then I'm going to go into Twitch and people are going to type Burmy booty. I'm going to be like, what is <laughs> happening right now? What is wrong with you guys? Uh, I was there when you forgot. You're like, why are you all saying butt flap to me? It's very concerning. I was it like, was what, very funny. what is happening? Um, thank you for listening. We will see you guys uh, this weekend for the Diamond and Pearl miniseries. Uh, enjoy Diamond and Pearl. Have fun with it. And yeah, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are... Super effective. Super blistering winds and shivering cold.
This podcast is supported by Patreon. If you would like to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. A huge shout out to our Patreon producers, starting with Stephen, Sean, Matthew, Bovine, Kay, Jessica, Jacob, Brian, Evan, Ryan, Patrick, Nate, Catherine, Casey, Josh, Gray, Dylan, Carlos, Alvaro, and a shout out to our executive producers of Steph, Spencer, Courtney, and Brady. Thank you so much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. And we couldn't do the show without you guys. Thank you again, and we will see you next week.